0: The MODIS Monologues, and America Series podcast, was made possible with the support from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. MODIS Monologues, the America Series, stories from the front lines and front porches of your undocumented neighbors. Welcome, I'm your host, Alejandro Fuentes Mena. The Undocu America series is a creative collaboration between Modus Theater and a group of undocumented people who grew up in this country that had the courage to write, reflect, pray, yell, and cry until we found one story from our lives to share with you. In this first episode, you'll hear the story of Cristian Solano Cordova, who, at the age of three, was carried by his mother across the southern border from Mexico. He tells a story of strategizing to protect his eight-year-old sister, who is an American citizen, in the event their mother gets deported. Following the reading, you'll have the opportunity to hear a musical response to Cristian's story from one of the most acclaimed musicians of this century, the cellist Yo-Yo Ma. And now, Cristian Solano Córdova reading his story, My Baby Sister.
1: When I was my sister's age, just eleven years old this year. I didn't have any worries. It's funny because my baby sister, the Nae, she's an American citizen, so it should be easier for her. But it's not. It's not right now. It's the people she loves the most my mom or other sister Beba and I, we're all undocumented. And when we're threatened, she is threatened. My baby sister She's forced to bear the burden of attacks on immigrants under the current administration. I remember election night 2016. My mom and I were in complete shock, just trying to absorb what just had happened to the country, trying to strategize about how to handle certain possibilities. I remember frantically Googling, what happens to a U.S. citizen child if an undocumented parent is deported? My dad died young so I needed to assure myself that if my mom were deported, I could get custody of the Nai, who's only eight. Of course, what would happen if our other sister, Beba, and I were also deported? My mom and I totally lost track of time during our election night panic, so when hours later I came downstairs, I was surprised to find my baby sister, the Nai, wide awake, sitting in a corner by herself, crying, red-faced with puffy eyes, my dad gone, I've always had to be the big brother, rather father figure, since my mom was always working. I help the night with her homework, I read each other bed-type stories, play games. I try to answer those unanswerable types of kid questions, and I comfort her when she's scared. But I'm not used to trying to comfort her when, in reality, I needed so much comforting myself. Just remember tilting your chin, glistening with streams of tears toward me, looking into those deep brown eyes, and trying my best to give her soothing answers to difficult questions, and just repeating, Baby, don't cry. Don't cry. It's gonna be okay, I promise. Listen, why would you be deported? Do you even know what that word means? You shouldn't have to. Listen to me. You are an American citizen, and you will never be deported. You're right, I'm not a citizen, but I've got DACA. They can't deport me. I know Mom doesn't, but Mom is going to be okay. She's lived here for decades, and she's not going anywhere. Baby, don't cry. Please. I promise. Whatever happens, we'll be together. Always. I'll be there to put Band-Aids on your scraped knees. I'll be there to help you with your school projects. Yes, we're going to finish reading Harry Potter together. And I'll be by your side when you need help applying for college. I'll be there for you when you fall in love for your first time, when your heart is broken. And I'll walk you down the aisle one day. It really doesn't matter where, as long as we're together. And yes, of course, the puppy's coming with us if we go. Lulu's part of this family too, I'll have you know. Yeah, that's a dipply smile I like to see. It's gonna be okay. At least that's what I told her. I did my best to offer what I wanted to hear, what I wanted to believe, both for her and our entire family. Because how do you talk to a child about being taken away from their parent or siblings without terrorizing them, without stripping them of their innocence? With each day of this administration, the increased deportations of parents like my mom, the attempts to end the DACA program that protects me and my sister Beba, and the willingness to end rules that limit how long children can be detained. Even threats to strip children, like the naïe, of their citizenship. With all the mounting threats against our family, it feels increasingly cruel to offer my little sister what amounts to be a fairy tale, when she might need great strength to overcome great threats. So today, I offer you another story. This story won't kiss it and make it all better, but I'm hoping it'll help us stay strong regardless of the challenges that we might face. I was three years old, and my sister Beba was just one when we crossed the border with my mom. We walked together with a group of people, maybe 10, 15, across the desert. Walked for hours and hours at night, and we were out in the middle of nowhere following a dim silver light in the distance. Imagine we followed it because it meant we were going the right way shining city. We finally got to a raised road, lined with street lamps. But to avoid walking over the road at night and potentially being seen, we crossed through a drainage tunnel under the road. Mom had me walk through the tunnel in front of her. She crawled behind with my sister in her shawl. Bev and I were wearing those little kids light-up shoes that everybody was going crazy over that year. Mom had saved up a lot of money to buy them. We are going to be seeing our dad after a year of him being in the U.S. on his own. She wanted us to look our best. And the shoes were actually super helpful in the drainage tunnel to light the way for our mom and all the other people crawling through on their hands and knees. But of course, in the dead of night, they were a dead giveaway. We are finally able to see the moonlight at the end of the tunnel and catch a whiff of fresh air. The coyotes urgently requested that my mom take off my shoes. "'There's a Border Patrol car parked outside,' he whispered. The drainage tunnel emptied out right next to a gas station, where the Border Patrol car was parked. The officers were inside, we assumed, so we waited for a while, hoping they'd return and drive away. But nobody was coming out, and for some reason the this grew impatient and abruptly told everybody to move." In the chaos, everybody scrambled, crawling behind tall grass on their hands and knees as the coyotes gave us voiceless commands with their fingers on their lips and pointing to the ground. But the ground was covered in cactus thorns and prickles, and I didn't have any shoes. While everybody else crawled, my mom stood up, carrying both Beba and I in her arms, and she started walking. first, I thought she was giving up because we'd surely be seen, everybody else was still crawling on the ground. but She stood up tall and walked with a defiant pep in her step as if she belonged right there where she stood. And that's when I realized she hadn't given up. She just had faith that walking quickly and quietly was her best strategy to protect us. She was resolved that somehow, somewhere, we would be okay and that we would find a home where a family could thrive. I have never forgotten the look on my mom's face as she walked down the street and out into the dark of an unknown country. That is when I first learned that the real meaning of courage is not to pretend to be immune from fear, but rather to calmly and steadily take action in spite of it. current president might caricature my little three-year-old self as a diseased, toddler, criminal, murderer, rapist, gang member in the making. He might try to scare people who don't know undocumented immigrants into thinking that a mother carrying her children to safety is nothing less than an invasion. Bebe and I, we grew up to be beloved by our friends and neighbors, strong members of our community. We both went to college, and I even became student body president at my university. I'm not part of some invading army fighting against America, but like you, I'm fighting for the American ideals I think we can live up to. You may want to take away my baby sister's right to citizenship, but I remain hopeful that maybe the or some other young girl, might one day be our president and help lead us to a future where we actually live up to our ideals to truly have liberty and justice for all. But that reality is gonna take a lot of hard work and not just on my part or just on the part of the immigrant community, but hard work on your part too. As Anne Frank once wrote in her famous diary, how wonderful it is that nobody need to wait a single moment before starting to improve the world.
0: We sent Christian's story to the great Yo-Yoma. And he chose a song that he felt captured some of the tenderness, courage, and love in Christian's story. And then he and pianist Catherine Stott went into the studio to record it just for this episode. And now, a special rendition of Nana from Manuel de Falla's seven Spanish folk songs. Amen. Mm-hmm. That was Yo-Yo Ma and Catherine Stopped Playing Nana in honor of Cristian Solano-Cordova's autobiographical monologue. On our next episode of Modus Monologues on America Series, you can hear Kiara Chavez tell a tender story of flying home to Mexico for the first time since she was four to see her ailing grandmother. Thank you for listening to Modus Monologues and sharing Cristian's story and others from the America Series with your family and friends so everyone can meet the people Whose lives are at stake in our country's immigration debates? And tune into the Modus Monologues companion podcast, Shoebox Stories, where you can hear Christian's story read and reflected on by the best-known Spanish-language news anchor in the United States, Jorge Ramos, who was included on Time Magazine's list of the world's 100 most influential people.
1: What surprised me is how I somehow. Just for a few seconds, I was you.
0: You can find Shoebox stories and more Modus monologues wherever you find your podcasts. For more information, go to our website, modustheatre.org. If you could just for a moment Take over. A-